Welcome to the Smarty Podcast Series from Charlotte Smarty Pants, where we focus on all things parenting. We talk about everything from education, health, travel, beauty, fashion, and more. Join in on the discussion at charlottesmartypants.com. The Smarty Podcast Series is produced by Charlotte Star Room, Charlotte's premier boutique music development and corporate video production studio, and the best parties in the QC the pop star music video parties, and professional voice lessons in a studio. Also amazing content creation. Check them out at charlottestarroom.com. Hey everyone, this is Cheryl Perry and Jen Plim with Charlotte Smarty Pants. Thanks for joining us. We are excited to welcome back Dr. Elizabeth Moran on the podcast. Hey, Dr. Moran. Hey, thanks for having me back on. Yeah, thanks. If you didn't get to tune into the first podcast that Liz was on, we talked about teenagers and young women's health. So definitely tune into that if that's something of interest to you. It was a great podcast. I'm going to give you a quick intro on Liz. Um, so Liz is a gynecologist at Premier Gynecology and Wellness. She opened the practice in 2019. She had been an OBGYN in Charlotte for over 10 years. She actually delivered my fourth baby. Um, so she opened the practice in 2010 and is focusing on the bookends. Do you want to talk a little bit about that, Liz? Sure. Um, I, I'll, I take care of women of all ages, but the particular focus that we have, uh, the luxury of doing at Premier is adolescents um, and young women, and then also women after the childbearing years as we transition um, through perimenopause and into menopause, which has been such a rewarding and fun uh, area of focus. Yeah, I love that you're focusing on It's such an asset to the city. Um, So Liz is a native Charlottean. She graduated from Charlotte Country Day School and Duke University. She got her medical degree at Wake Forest University. She completed her residency in obstetrics and gynecology at Carolina's Medical Center. And she has, let me see here. Yes. So, and she also has two school age daughters. Two girls. Yes. Yep, two girls. Nine so. and six. She's almost smarty ten mom. Seven. Yep. Nice. <laughs> nice. So today we're going to be focusing on women's health, specifically the post baby years. Um, so maybe like after thirty five or so, kind of concentrating maybe on the forties, right before menopause. Sure. Um, first, though, when we asked this question, the first. Co- podcast, but for those who didn't listen to it, tell us why you decided to do this, the bookends, specialize yeah, in that. You know, um, I mentioned this on the previous uh, podcast, but I really, as I was getting older and getting closer to 40, um, my patients, you know, I've been in practice for at that point, 11 years almost, and my patients were really aging along with me. And I started mm-hmm. to clue in a little bit more as a woman of that age myself of some of the particular challenges, um, body changing, just different things. And, and the more I looked into it, it just seemed like we could do a better job in women's health of helping uh, make that less of a black hole yeah. of seeming of what happens next. And in right. full service um, OBGYN practice where I was, an awesome practice for a long time, um, obstetrics and the actual daily care of pregnant women in labor and delivery and those things, they just take a lot of the resources, both mm-hmm. from the doctors and the staff and the, you know, because right. of the, the nature of it. And so those things can be um, the... The nuances of perimenopause can be a little bit lost in the shuffle. And um, anyways, it's a topic that's interesting to me. It's so rewarding to help people through. It can be a little tedious, but in the best way. Yeah. So and I, I, have, and I love it. It's great. So I'm a patient. A lot of fun. And I have to say, it's really, really nice. First of all, your office is beautiful. But um, 
Liz is it's like talking to your girlfriend right like right. she's so easy to talk to and oh, you're so nice. smart and knowledgeable and you really take the time to answer all questions and I think when as busy moms like we have questions about what's happening and it's really nice just to be able to talk to somebody who actually knows what they're talking about and, and wants to help well yeah. sure and I found that too that you know we are trained at this point you know 40 plus we'll put our going for our exam and our pap smear and getting our mammogram on the to-do list. Like we say, Mm -hmm. okay, that's on the to-do list, like going, you know, renewing my passport or whatever. But I find that that appointment, that wellness visit is just so much more of a gateway ability to address so much more. It's like we're not going to make an appointment to go talk about something something vague you know or what we perceive as vague baby anxiety or struggles with getting older or body changes but we're going to get our pap smear but it's so much more than just that so I like having the time to kind of you know edge in yeah a little bit more maybe let's hone in on the ages so tell us about the 40s like what are some things that we should be preparing for mentally with our women, yeah, I mean the forties are are great, and it, I think they're the best decade. I think though it does take a change in mindset of how to optimize, you know, what a forty year old body is like versus, you know, two decades prior. Right, and women are unique. Uh, humans are the only mammal actually that stop their reproductive um, function before the end of their life. So why would it not be a huge transition? It's very interesting, right? So why would it not be this huge transition? And essentially, I'll break it down the way that I do for my patients. I mean, your period, when you are um, in your reproductive years, if you're not on hormonal birth control or pregnant or postpartum or nursing, your regular cycle is your body's response to ovulation that's not fertilized. Your ovary doesn't care if your husband's had a vasectomy, if you've had your tubes tied. It's going to continue doing that as best it can until it eventually will, um, you know, you ovulate your last egg around 50. That's yeah. just about an average. average yeah. was, but yeah. it's not like she goes down without a fight. I mean, she doesn't oh, tend to just, <laughs> it's not, you know, she oh, knows, no. it's, it's kind of like, it, it would be very simple if it were like turning off the light switch, right? Yeah, and then you're, yeah. you're like realize. fully, you're fully efficient. And then it's like the lights are off because people tolerate both of those aspects well but really in in actuality most people go through what I like to call the dimmer bulb like the flickering light bulb when you in between which is like perimenopause right the ovary's not is technically sure the ovary's not fully efficient okay but it's still functional Mm -hmm. and so what are some of those changes or signs sure cycles change because the ovulatory drive becomes um the the cycle becomes shorter sometimes closer together because the ovary knows that her days are numbered and mm-hmm. you know it's it's a reproductive drive to get out as many eggs as possible mm-hmm. it's really mm-hmm. fascinating to me the, the yeah. luteal phase um the time after ovulation gets shorter more intense um and those symptoms get get more you know pms can be worse mm-hmm. plus if you've had kids your uterus i mean it's like an old pair of spanks it doesn't <laughs> clamp down as much anymore so you know flow can last longer i mean <laughs> she's a time fighter you know and we got to give her some credit so it's not that the wheels fall off the bus but that things are are different yeah. it's important to recognize that so we can optimize it right. we can't change it we don't have a magic wand we can't make your ovary 25 again and that's okay, but we can definitely make that yeah. transition not have to be so dramatic. 
What about um, hormone replacement therapy and like what ages? Yeah, what is what is that? So, what is that? When do so, you right, need to it's, ask it's for like it? It's like a lot, right? This is a big, do we know? This is like, a big do we, black yeah. box that no one really knows. And essentially, hormone replacement is analogous to a hormonal birth control. Right. Same idea. Um, it's just dosed differently depending on where your ovary is on the spec on the spectrum of its lifespan. Right. So in an ovulatory ovary or one that's still ovulating sometimes, which is in kind of those perimenopause, right? It's just not as predictable. It's not as efficient. What hormone replacement would be an IUD or a birth control pill and that aspect is enough to just shut down the ovary Mm -hmm. and even out the hormones so that you're not feeling all of that shifting in the background. Yeah. And after the ovary's done ovulating and there's no more cycles moving forward, then you get an estrogen instead of a in in a inefficient or um trying to think of the right word, kind of all over the estrogen's all over the place in perimenopause. Then it just goes down mm-hmm. after hormone replacement there is uh, to, to bring that back up to a level to improve of symptoms. So why would you need estrogen versus progesterone versus right. testosterone? That's coming. Sure. That's scary with that hair. So testosterone is really scary to me. Estrogen, estrogen yeah. seems to be the hormone that replacing it is what improves symptoms. And we're talking in menopause And what here. are the symptoms? Like the, is hot that flashes, hot flashes? Night sure. Sweat. It can range. That there are three main aspects uh, of of menopause and perimenopause. And it if I, I draw this Venn diagram for patients um, and different areas of this are more uh, important to different people or they feel those effects more at different times, but everybody has changes. And one is hormonally. Mm-hmm. That's as estrogen and progesterone become more fluctuant and then eventually go down mm-hmm. during that lifespan. And so that's where hormone replacement could come into play. And that's your hot flashes and night sweats. And these things are usually related to vaginal dryness to estrogen. And uh, these can be reduced with the therapy. Right, right. And then there are other alternatives as well, but that's kind of the mainstay of And treatment. is the therapy a pill or a shot? There are all there. Are, there is many. I have a whole bucket of this too. I have a bucket oh, of show we and need tell. You heard vagina. about you heard about my <laughs> my <laughs> bucket of contraception. I have my bucket of menopause, which I also. There she are has tons a of different. Vagina too, I, I do, for the for the teenagers I do. I have a that stuff, the moms a stuffed need. uterus. You know, you can just Our hug uterus. it when you. I've got a fan. You know, for the moms. Um, the so the the hormonal aspect is one, but it's also very much mood. Um, estrogen and dopamine are linked and so changes in mood and some anxiety uh, can definitely be part of the the menopausal transition and then finally metabolism metabolism definitely changes so estrogen helps insulin resistance you have to learn the new rules of the game but the replacement or at least treatment of menopause can help all of the downstream effects because of how it helps with sleep and well-being and things right. like this. Yeah. Yeah. There's no magical pill. Clearly, we have a lot of interest it. in this. We're like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is, please this help is my me favorite. not ever get a hot flash because I saw yeah. a lady get one one time and I I was horrified. I didn't know what was happening to her. And she's like, oh, honey, it's just a hot flash. And I saw like a literal like wave of red come from her belly oh up gosh. to her face. And I was like, I do not want that to said, Ladies out there listening, don't let that be you. Come and talk to somebody <laughs> beforehand so that yeah. we can, you know, I start talking about perimenopausal changes and what to expect starting around 40. And the, a lot of 40-year-olds look at me like I have 
two heads. They're like, I was just here for my pap smear. What are you yeah. talking about? I just had a baby. Right. I'm fine. But and and they are. But it is it is a, a transition, and it's much harder. I think I find to backtrack or dig out of a hole than it is to be proactive with education. And, yeah. You know, how see. young is too young for menopause? Like when are you con- when should you be concerned? Well, there, you know, menopause essentially just means you've ovulated your last egg. Oh. You know, that's that's what happens. And that can happen surgically early in life, maybe at age 30. There are people that have their ovaries removed and they would be menopausal. Um, the average age for more of a non um, a natural menopause, so to speak, is around 50 to 51. Okay. Um, so these, the perimenopause comes in maybe like around 46 or Yeah, I, 40, I feel like, like that's on years. average, that's about right. It's mm-hmm. like 45, 46 um, is, is when people Things are starting start to, to feel awry. some fluctuations, but it may be not all the way. Um, it's different for everybody mm-hmm. depending on their, their history. Um, under age 45 deserves some special attention just because of long-term bone health. Mm-hmm. And um, there are that's a little bit of a special population. Um, not that it it's highly unusual to stop cycling before then, but they you definitely you know need to be checked out if that if that's the case. Wait, what's the bone health like? Long so estrogen you know improves our bone health, and, oh, okay. it, and if you lose the estrogen. losing estrogen, right, is accelerates I'm stressed. Um, bone. <laughs> no, that's, you don't need to be stressed <laughs> out. It's not. It is not stressful. Like yeah. it is not you need to be stressful. You need yeah, to. Need, <laughs> you need. We need to know. Like we yeah, need to talk yeah. about this. Yeah. So that we get um, get ahead of it. But it it doesn't mean it's the end of the world. Truly, can we, it's can really we go not. Back to testosterone for yeah, a minute, yeah. though, because we kind of skimmed over that. But that seems to be more prevalent as a recommendation to women who are going who are perimenopausal. And um, does that? Does, what do you think about that? You know, I tend to go with evidence-based medicine for the most part. Right. I mean, uh, with the understanding that the patient in front of me is not an algorithm. Like everyone's got their unique needs. Um, in general, the only studies that have shown maybe some benefit with testosterone is in postmenopausal women with specifically uh, libido issues. But it's been very the evidence is very spotty. Okay. So it's not a routine recommendation. Mm-hmm. Is that to say I don't have any patients on my practice on you know testosterone supplementation? I have very very few. The evidence is just not really yeah. there. And is that a pill? Um. I, you know, the way I typically see it given is transdermally compounded. Mm-hmm. I think there are uh, some other ways that some of uh, people in the community give, but I don't I don't particularly prescribe it on the regular. I don't I just don't think the evidence is there. I may change my mind later. Well, and there's major hair growth right yeah. there. I, I mean, they, like, there can be it. some side effects. Yeah. yeah. I mean, androgens are uh, male hormones and women do have them to some degree, but you have to be uh, yeah. be mindful of what you're looking for. Yeah. Any hormone replacement or treatment for menopause, I will not embark on with a patient until I feel comfortable I know what they're looking for. Right. If they're looking for... Looking to gain, you mean? Or, or looking, yeah, if the... Looking to just, solve? Sure, it's not going to solve. There's nothing that will turn a 45-year-old person into a 25-year-old really? person. No. I mean, right? Oh, come and on. so, like, acceptance of life on planet Earth Earth is, you know, is important, yeah. I think, in order to get all medications, in my opinion, of any caliber, hormones, anything, antidepressants, whatever, should be used as an adjunct to what you're already doing to optimize your health, yourself, the hard way. There's no easy way. 
Right. I know the hard way. What about mammograms? What age should you get your first and how often should you get them as you age? In general, the recommendation is screening 3D mammograms to begin yearly at age 40. That okay. is the recommendation as of now. There are certain populations of higher risk women that should be screened sooner due to family or genetic history. And that's something um, everybody should review their history with their, that's part of the checklist in my office to trigger right. me to figure out who needs a sooner mammogram. Mm -hmm. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then what kind of, are there supplements that you recommend that women in their 40s be taking or is just a diverse diet good enough? You know, same same as I would say for um, really anybody across the, um, the, the spectrum is a very diet is the most important, you know, the yeah. most important thing. Um, if your doctor has diagnosed you with a specific deficiency, the one I see the most often is vitamin D deficiency. Oh, interesting. Um, we just don't, we all wear a lot of sunscreen yeah. and, you know, yeah. don't get a lot of what sun What are the signs of vitamin D deficiency? I don't, uh, severe can have bone issues and things oh. like, most of the time it's it's caught on a screening. Okay. Uh, for fasting, well, all woman, these blood is all work. Blood, you, you screen with blood work. Yeah. Like, to know yeah. about the hormones and everything, Sure, right? sure. For, for the most part. Um, okay. Although a woman's menstrual history can tell me pretty much what I need to know about her. Okay. hormones at any age that's really another vital sign for a gyn so i would say a general one-a-day women is never a bad idea for a postmenopausal woman um, because we're now a little more focused on their bone health bone, right. yeah okay. calcium and vitamin d is an extra one that it's not going to hurt anybody in that okay. age group okay Interesting. And then our last question. Yeah. Life Give after us a pep talk. <laughs> Give us a pep talk. Life after okay. 45, okay. is it all downhill? It is totally not all downhill. It is, in fact, the it's best. Over. Our life is over. about it. She's like, about it's going to be okay. People, you don't want to go back. I mean, remember 25? Yes. Your body, you could just, if you just decided to not put cream in your coffee, you could lose five pounds. Oh, and, yeah, you could just you think know, about it and it would whatever. go But away. you also thought everybody hated you and you were yeah. worried about all the things. Yeah, your like, mental health was The gravitas of being over 40, I think, overcomes so many of the changes yeah. physically. Like, it's okay. You now have we a good... We don't care anymore. Yeah. You just, I mean, as you shouldn't. You yeah. have earned the right to be particular. Now we care with about our teenage girls and how, we're worried about yeah. Yeah. Now we're stressed for them. Yeah. Totally. We are living their 20s. That's yeah. <laughs> really it's horrific. Stressful. I like that 40 plus, you have now earned the right to decide how to distribute your energy and your resources with how right. you're going to give that out. And I think that that's really cool. And optimizing where you are hormonally, mood-wise, and metabolically can definitely help ease the transition. I think knowing yeah. what to expect is important. And understanding that if your body is going to start playing chess, if you keep playing checkers, you're going to be frustrated with that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you have to make some changes with mm -hmm. what you're doing in your diet and your lifestyle because the same old tricks don't worry. Yeah. The days of jogging it off are long gone. Yeah, but that's yeah. okay. Does anyone like jogging? I mean, I do. Sure I, do. <laughs> I do. But I don't. Yes. But, but I do love good. bread. It's good. Yeah. That's the problem. Oh, yeah, boy. Oh, too. boy. Should we burn a candle and say goodbye to bread? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Wait, I have one more question about sure. um, menopause. How long does it last? Oh, good question. So once you've ovulated your last egg, you will be menopausal moving forward. So then you forever. have all the, How do you know like you were in that crazy symptoms still or the perimenopause? So is the crazy that's symptom. the great point is, like I said, if we say reproductive efficiency, this is in general terms, of course, uh, is lights on and menopause is lights off. 
those two times tend to be really fairly easy to manage. It's the the flickering light bulb, which is in between, uh-huh. which lasts a few years before that last period and several years after. Oh, Mo- but that's okay. That's Most people time. will really feel <laughs> fine if you you know if, if you manage you, sure if you yeah. manage it okay. if you know what well, to expect. We need to just keep talking about it, right? Like talk with your friends and like yeah. see yeah. like see what they're doing. And there are some things that need to be managed life lifelong moving yeah. forward for women that stop yeah. cycling. Bone okay. health, vaginal dryness, those are with us to stay. But mm-hmm. the the majority of the the symptoms that get all the press, the hot flashes, the mood swings, and the the sleepless that that tends to get better with time. It really does. No one ever yeah. died from going through menopause. People, it's going to be right, just yeah. fine. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're so Liz. welcome. Definitely. Yeah. Um, Visit list. She's just awesome. Oh. <laughs> Can't say enough good things about her. Thank you. Um, so you can nice. find Premier Gynecology at premiergynclt.com and on Facebook at premiergynclt. And you can find us on charlottesmartypants.com, Facebook and Instagram at charlottesmartypants, and Twitter at charlottesmarty. Thanks so much for listening to our Smarty Podcast. You can always join in on the conversation at charlottesmartypants.com. The Smarty Podcast Series is produced by Charlotte Starroom, Charlotte's premier boutique music development and corporate video production studio. Check them out at charlottestarroom.com.